0: at 1,500 and 2,000 UTC.
1: Stand up! Stand up! Stand up!
2: Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great
3: show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America!
4: Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. I'm Muck Bill Yabro in for Sonny Young. Today's show will have a mix of world football, in particular the English Premier League and some AFCON news. We'll also have NBA highlights as well as a sunny side of sports highlight of the Denver Nuggets winning their very first NBA title. Last but definitely not least, we'll have former American football champion turned serial entrepreneur Jeff Pope. All that and more on this December 28th edition of the sunny side of sports. Starting off the show with all things football, English, Premier League matches, as well as AFCON, let's start off with Manchester City. The former league champions are currently in the fourth position after beating Everton 3-1. They have a game in hand, so we'll be watching them closely as they make their push back up the table. Here's manager Pep Guardiola talking about his club's winning the first Club World Cup by beating Fulham Anis 4-0 and his team talking about Everton on the plane home.
5: Yeah, really, really important. You said it was a massive win for us. After we came from, from Saudi Arabia to be the world champion. Yeah, really please go down and how we react and prove it again. How special is this group of players, this club already? No group of players, all the club, the mentality... That we we have all of us in our bones, so we want to be there. I know we are not top of the league. I know there's still many games to play. There's a lot of things is going to happen. Never saw Premier League like every game. The teams like they are down, down, low, and the middle table can beat everyone. So will be a lot of surprises, and the question is still to be there. So absolutely, but nothing is easy. So football is like that. Life is like that. So how you overcome? <clears throat> The difficult moments. So I would love to have after 20 minutes 0-4, but this is in a in Disneyland. In the real, in the real football, it happened, but it happened when in Crystal Palace. The way we played and we could not win. But how how you you know, overcome that situations? But these players move. I remember when the plane when we came back from Saudi after being world champion, and I was there sitting in my seat and I listened to the players. They didn't know. I listened to them and said. Oh Everton, start to talk about Everton 3 days ago start to talk about Everton and I said wow this is my team that means still you know how the difficulty we saw the teams they beat here the way they play is so special they have to control many things and that is we want to be there
4: In other EPL games Chelsea beat Crystal Palace 2-1 and Wolverhampton beat Brentford 4-1 as for the games today my team Arsenal faces West Ham in their quest to make it back to the top of the table, and Tottenham play Brighton. Here's Tottenham Hotspurs manager Pochettino talking about Brighton's manager and the team before their meeting today.
6: Look, they're they're a very well-run club. They have been for quite a while. You could see even under Graham that you know they were making progress as a football club, and then Roberto's obviously come in and. He's always done sort of things fairly unique in his whole career and he's brought that to the Premier League. And you, you've got to respect that because, as we know, this is you know, probably the toughest league competition in the world and it can be easy to shy away from doing anything that's too different. Um, but he's... he's that's, you know, I don't know, don't know the man, I've never met him, but you, know, you can tell that he's he's pretty determined to do things his own way. And, um, and they do provide a... You know, a different challenge from a lot of other clubs in the way they, they play, the way they keep the ball, the way they build up.
4: Moving over to Nigeria, the Nigerian Coaches Association recently met with the country's Ministry of Sports to discuss training of coaches and possible partnerships. For more details, Mike Mbonye spoke with Association President Gabriel Opuana.
1: Our purpose of meeting with the minister was to introduce ourselves uh, to the minister officially and uh, get the recognition from the sports ministry which we really got and uh, we we're happy with the outcome of uh, our visit to the minister
0: uh, the minister reportedly said in that meeting that Nigerian coaches deserve all the attention that they should be giving and that they will partner with them what's your think on this
1: yeah, actually, that was the main reason why this association was formed. We formed this association based on what we were seeing on the ground. It's been a, it's been a while. For so many years now, Nigerian coaches have not been sent out for coaching courses or any of these referral. I mean, uh, any of these, uh, recertification courses. So we now on our own decided, uh, We should fund this association so we can source for funds from corporate bodies, individuals, and uh, see what we can do about training and retraining our own coaches. Because like I told the minister, um, people look at athletes not performing well. We keep complaining. Our athletes are not not, uh, responding to trainings and other things. But people have not thought about the coaches coaching these athletes because it is what you as a coach give to these athletes that they give back to you. And coaching now is science. When you don't send your coaches out for training, they'll be a cake.
0: From what you've said so far, did the minister or the ministry agree to partner with the Nigerian coaches association and even the corporate world to assist in retraining your members.
1: The minister has promised to do something about that. And uh, honestly, he's going to be one of the first or the very first minister to really look into this coaching problem because we've been singing songs about coaches to be trained and retrained for so many years Most of these ministers that have come and gone did not really tackle that issue. But he has given us his words, and we're happy. He promised us that he's going to look into it, not just look into it. He's going to make sure our coaches are trained and are retrained. And uh, we're very happy with what he said. Did the Nigerian Coaches Association also,
0: (laughs) did they make a case for the... Paris Olympic Games as in preparation of athletes, early preparation of Nigerian athletes for the Olympic Games.
1: Yeah, that was one of the things we discussed with the minister. And uh, so far, there are plans on ground to kickstart the training of athletes and camping of athletes before the Commonwealth. I mean, before the All-Africa Games and the Olympics. Um There are plans on ground towards getting that done, which I know of. And and coaches will be fully involved in the process? Coaches are the backbone of the sports ministry, and that is the main reason why we're trying to make sure that the coaches are being recognized and the coaches will equally do what they are supposed to do as coaches. And uh, once those are taken care of, everything will be fine. Like we told the minister, we used to have exchange programs. Nigeria used to send coaches to countries like Bulgaria, Australia, Germany, Cuba, and other places. That has not been done for so many years now. So we're now appealing to this minister to look into it and then start sending coaches overseas. I remember the first gold medal we enjoyed in Nigeria from the Olympics by Choma Ajuma. It came through one of these exchange programs. The coaches from Cuba that came with the ones that coached her and uh, she excelled and won an Olympic gold. So, if we continue things like that, more medals will roll in. That will show off.
0: Okay, talking about the All Africa Games in Accra, Ghana next year, and even the Olympic Games, I'm from your position as the president of the Nigerian Coaches Association. Does Nigeria have medal prospects? in these two games?
1: Yeah, um, talking about medal prospects, yeah. By the special grace of God, medals won't be a problem. But what we're trying to do now is to get more medals, not just getting few, but more medals that will make Nigeria proud. That's the main reason why we want to get everybody on deck, so we achieve this. and more results more better results will equally come our way thank you so so much coach for speaking to the voa thank you very much as usual thanks for being there for us as well
4: that was gabriel opuana president of the nigerian association of coaches he spoke to reporter mike mbonye in abuja nigeria Swinging it over to some NBA highlights from last night, Tyrese Maxey scored 23 points, Tobias Harris and D'Anthony Melton added 22 each, and the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Orlando Magic 112-92 Wednesday night while playing without reigning NBA MVP Joel Embiid. Paul Reed had 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 blocks for the 76ers while starting at center for Embiid, the league's leading scorer who missed a second straight game because of a sprained right ankle. Philadelphia has won 9 of its past 11 games. Franz Wagner scored 24 points for the Magic, who were held to a season low in scoring and have lost 5 of their last 7. Suns beat the Rockets 129-113. Kevin Durant had 27 points, 10 rebounds and a career high 16 assists for his eighteenth career triple double, helping Phoenix beat Houston to end a three-game losing streak. Durant was nine of sixteen from the field and also had two steals and a block in Phoenix victory road road victory since twenty November twenty-sixth. The Suns improved to fifteen and fifteen. Eric Gordon matched Durant with twenty-seven points in his first game back in Houston since being traded in February. He scored 17 points in the Suns' 43-point second quarter en route to a 73-55 halftime lead. Devin Booker added 20 points. The Thunder beat the Knicks 129-120. to Shea Gilders-Alexander and Jalen Williams each scored 36 points, and Williams hit a pair of three-pointers in the fourth quarter in Oklahoma City's victory over New York. Chet Holmgrom added 22 points for Oklahoma City, which beat Western Conference-leading Minnesota on Tuesday night and was playing its third back-to-back this season. The Thunder are 20-9. and nine. The Cavaliers beat the Mavericks 113-110. to 110. Karis Levert scored 29 points, hitting the go-ahead three-pointer late in the fourth quarter, and Cleveland rallied from 20 points down in the first half to beat Dallas. The Mavericks went five minutes without scoring in the fourth quarter as a nine-point lead turned into a 111-105 deficit with a minute 13 remaining. Luka Doncic scored 39 points for Dallas to get at least 30 for the 14th time in 15 games. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them to win. The Bucks beat the Nets 144-122. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 32 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Huge numbers from the big man. Chris Middleton added 27 points and 10 assists, and Milwaukee beat a Brooklyn team that treated it like a preseason game. The Nets rested three starters and barely played two others on the night after a victory in Detroit and extended the Pistons' losing streak to 27 and an NBA single-season worst record. In more basketball news, the Denver Nuggets defeated... In more basketball news... The Denver Nuggets defeated the Miami Heat in June to win their first NBA title. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2023, VOA Sonny Young reports.
3: The Denver Nuggets defeated the visiting Miami Heat 94-89 to to win their first National Basketball Association championship. The Nuggets won the best-of-seven NBA Finals four games to one. Nuggets big man Nikola Jokic tallied a team-high 28 points in Game 5, grabbed 16 rebounds, and was named the NBA Finals' most valuable
6: player. It's good. I mean, it's good. Uh, we did a job. We did a job. Uh, I think we played the best basketball uh, in the postseason, but I think we were there. Uh, playing the best, ba- playing the best basketball. You know, today we didn't make shots, but still we we defend. And uh, but uh, it's uh, it's a good feeling when you know that you did something that nobody believes, and just it's, it was just us. It's just organization that the organization of the Nagas believe in us. Uh, every player believe in each other, and I think that's that's the most important thing. Nikola Jokic
3: lifted the NBA Trophy and the NBA Finals MVP Trophy one day after Novak Djokovic won his record 23rd major singles title at the French Open Tennis Tournament. Jokic was asked if this is the greatest moment for Serbian athletes.
6: You gotta be. You know, sport is something that is always in Serbia... Was something that uh, put us in front of everybody, even like 10, 20 years ago, whatever. Uh, but now, when we have a joke who won uh, probably, the best ever uh, for us, he's the best ever, of course. And uh, now we have a uh, now we have a NBA championship, and um, I think it's a. It's a really good, uh, good uh, moment to be a Serbian. Meanwhile, another Denver star, Jamal Murray, scored 14
3: points in Game Five and got quite emotional during the trophy presentation ceremony.
2: It was really hard to put into words. Still is. Um, uh, Yeah, I couldn't couldn't even hold it in. You know, I, I, I don't know. I couldn't really hold it in. It was just a surreal moment and. Everything was hitting, you know what I'm saying? Like everything was hitting at once, from the journey to the celebration with the guys to um, enjoying the moment to uh, looking back on on the rehab, to looking back as myself as a kid, as the other viewer, you know what I'm saying? Looking from the crowd in or from the camera lens in, and now being able to look back at them, you know what I'm saying? So it was a lot. I couldn't couldn't hold it in. Um, It was just something I've been working for my whole life. I think Mike said it, uh, Porter, you know, this is everybody – Every real hooper you know, wants to be on this stage and playing the game and um, be in this moment. So to see it full circle, you know, going from my rehab, um, not being able to walk go up the stairs, like not just for a month or two, you know what I'm saying? It was for a, it was for a long time. And um, a lot of different things going through my head, a lot of tears, a lot of blood, sweat and tears um, and, and real ones. Like I said, just to see it full circle and uh, have total belief in myself had the team have total belief in me people back home had total belief in me uh that's all I could ever ask for and just to see like this is
3: is amazing Denver's head coach is Michael Malone at the post-game news conference he was asked about the journey he's been on with Nikola Jokic to win the NBA title
7: uh it's been amazing you know because uh you can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it from the, the basketball perspective, two MVPs, finals, MVP, world championship, and uh, everything he's done on the court. And then more important for me, you can look at off the court, the relationship, uh, you know, the love that I have for Nikola, his mother and father back in Slombor, Serbia, his brothers, Nemanja and Strahina, his wife, Natalia, and their daughter, Ognena. Uh You know, they're, they're a wonderful family that I've gotten very close to and uh, i've said this many times before, but Nicola, even tonight, like he 's kind of acting like this was like another game um, he 's never changed with all the success, and he'll never will it 's just not in his nature um, so you know i love I love nicola eight years love Jamal seven years, been through a lot, and uh, just for all of us to stay the course to challenge ourselves to get all get better collectively, individually. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to be a part of uh, such a historically great player who's an even better person, and I mean that sincerely. This is not coach talk. Nicole is just a, a, a great, great man. Michael
3: Malone's coaching counterpart for the Miami Heat is Eric Spolstra.
7: Now, obviously, we didn't get the, the final win, uh, but sometimes, uh, you know, that's, that's true in sport and also in life, uh, that you don't always get what you want. Um, but there's no regrets from our side. We, everybody, staff, uh, player alike in the locker room put themselves out there and put themselves into the team, whatever was best for the team. Uh, and the tough pill to swallow is it just wasn't good enough. We ran up against a team that was just better than us in this series. You have to tip your hat to them. They, that, that I said it, but they're one hell of a basketball team uh they play the right way they compete they're well coached and they have a strong culture so for this season they deserve this
3: that's eric spolstra the head coach of the miami heat basketball team now spolstra has certainly been deserving of the nba trophy in past years he was an assistant coach when miami won the nba title in 2006 And he was Miami's head coach for back-to-back NBA championships in 2012 and 2013. As I mentioned, this was the first NBA championship for the Denver Nuggets. A little history about the team. Denver was founded in 1967 when it became a member of of the now defunct American Basketball Association. I used to love the red, white, and blue basketball the league played with, that is the ABA. The Nuggets joined the NBA in 1976. So it's been a long, long wait. 47 years for the Denver Nuggets in the NBA. Almost a half century to win their first NBA title. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Thanks, Sonny. In American-style
4: football, Jeff Pope won a Super Bowl title in 2008 as a cornerback with the New York Giants. Jeff turned his attention to business after leaving the sport and now describes himself as a risk management professional and serial entrepreneur. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2023, I interviewed Pope and we talked about his commitment to the Black history and his community, as well as his transition to the private sector from professional sport. On this segment today, we have Jeff Pope, former NFL Super Bowl champion, currently serving as a senior vice president at a a global professional services firm. Glad to have you on VOA Africa, Jeff.
8: Glad to be here. Appreciate the invite.
4: So let's get to it. Um, With the end of Black History Month here in America, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, the month in general? And what's your take on people that say uh, Black History Month should be taught
8: all year round? Yeah, no, listen, you know, in my house, it's Black history every day, right? So um, I definitely think the acknowledgement is needed, especially when you consider the country's past. Um, But Black history is American history. So hopefully we can get to a point where we don't have to designate, you know, the shortest month in the year uh, to Black history. So I definitely think it should be embedded in American history, because that's what it is.
4: So as we've seen uh, with certain things happening across the country, what's your thoughts on Governor DeSantis's, uh banning of African-American AP for uh, Florida schools?
8: Yeah, I think it's unfortunate. You know, there's a lot of things going on in Florida, but I think it's unfortunate, right? Again, you know, uh, Black history, African-American history is part of this country's history, right? You can't remove it right? No matter how painful it might be. um, That's an inevitable truth, right? That's an objective statement. So, um, you know, whether it's Asian curriculum, whether it's European curriculum, whatever it might be, you know, it should be allowed to be taught. The other thing is it's an AP course, right? So it's not, you know, part of the everyday curriculum, right? So this is going to be taught to select students, right, who Mm -hmm. seek out this information uh, in their course. So, you know uh, i'm obviously against it hopefully uh the folks on the ground and and those fighting that legal battle will prevail let's segue into uh
4: your transition from playing in the nfl and then going into insurance and risk management how how do you how do you make that jump
8: yeah you know it's funny so you know i got hurt in 2010 that was officially my last year um i was able to 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 get vested uh which is another term for basically get my pension so that was a blessing in itself i was an undrafted rookie so Um, to be able to do that and have a Super Bowl ring. I was just trying to figure out my next move. I was 26 years old. Um, I had to go back to undergrad at Eastern Michigan to finish up my last semester of undergrad. So I did that right away. Um, And I just tried to figure out what was the next move. I met with a mentor, another former NFL guy um, who was in insurance. And at the time, my knowledge of insurance was, you know, state farm and, you know, progressive. And uh, he really sat down with me and we talked about corporate insurance. We talked about all the intangible skill sets that you had as a former athlete and how they easily transfer to this world. And and that's what I did. We put together a three-year plan. Um, I went back uh, to school to get my business degree at Columbia business school. And then I was able to take a position at Aon, which is where I'm at now. I've been there a little bit over five years. This it's, it's a blessing to be where I'm at. Um, but you know, it was a, it was a bumpy road. I was trying to figure out what to do. And, and what I definitely knew I didn't want to do was go into coaching or become a trainer, no knock, to my NFL brothers who went down that road, but I definitely wanted to go a different lane. So that's what I decided to do.
4: Okay. Just, just to kind of elaborate on that. Uh, why do you feel like you maybe weren't as interested in going in that traditional route, whether it's a uh, coaching, training, or even you see some NBA guys do the the analyst uh, work, right? So what kind of made you want to go to a different route?
8: Yeah, great question. I mean, um, you know, I just was so turned off by the business of professional sports if that makes sense right and if you're blessed to play on sundays or play any other sport uh professionally right whether soccer baseball nba you know that consumes you that's your life right you have the season you have the off season you really don't have any time off and so having dedicated my life to this game of football for so long having played uh, three and a half years in the nfl you know obviously going through college having significant injuries um, obviously playing, you know, in high school and before that, I just wanted to take a break. I just right. wanted to hit pause. And before this whole, like, I'm more than an athlete, um, you know, my mom, you know, the high school I went to, other folks in my community instilled in me, like, look, this is just a part of what you do. It's not who you are. So I, I just wanted to get out of that.
4: No, that's an amazing point, bro. A lot of times you'll see athletes sometimes don't even know what their identity is outside of playing the sport. It was amazing you brought that point up. So uh, talk to me about some of your initiatives uh, that you're involved in within your community. And if you have any plans on being involved with any initiatives on the continent in Africa.
8: Sure, sure. So, um, you know, one of the things I was proud of uh, during my time at Columbia Business School in New York was um, helping build an entrepreneurship curriculum Um, for soon-to-be-released individuals who were incarcerated. Uh, We built that curriculum from scratch, me and a few other students, um, and that curriculum is currently being taught um, in New York State facilities. Uh, We believe it's helping reduce the recidivism rate, which is amazing, and helping these folks transition into society. Um, We're in the process now, I can't talk about it too much, of trying to duplicate that um in the philadelphia area um as well as some other areas on the east coast so i'm very interested in that work um some other things that i do uh we we host me and a small group host weekly chats um on malcolm x and other black history um simply because i one i'm a i'm a lifelong learner i'm a reader i'm a rare book collector um and i truly believe um that the answers to many of our hard problems as it relates to our communities um, have already been given to us, right? So it's just up to us to uncover them and discuss them in detail. So we do that on a weekly basis. Um, And then I support uh, some of those organizations, right? So um, those are some of the things I'm doing. I'm also reviving what we call a perspective platform, which allows young people to essentially control their narrative um, and weigh in on many of the issues that are impacting them on a daily basis, right? Um, You know, violence, um, you know, cyberbullying, you name it, right? Giving young people the power to to really, you know, share their voice and uplift it. So those are some of the things I'm doing in the community, um, as well as some other nonprofit things. But yeah, always happy to have that discussion.
4: Yeah, as I was saying, um, on top of
8: that, uh, initiative ideas that you want to do in the future um, on the continent, if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Not only on the continent, but throughout the diaspora, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've actually had an opportunity to connect to one of our close friends who's doing some work on the continent. Um, and so professionally, and uh, what I do every day in the insurance world and, and the ability to transfer risk, I think there's some opportunities there to help them out. Um, not only is it you know us picking up a new account, but we're essentially helping them do some really big things, right? Transfer risk, um, which directly impacts uh, has a positive impact on the citizens of some of those nations. So I'm looking forward to doing that, but also the ability to go on the continent and connect with brothers and sisters in regard to unity throughout the diaspora. I think is powerful. I've been to South Africa. I've never been to West Africa. I think I'll get to West Africa yeah, uh, yeah. this year. We'll see. Um, but again, those opportunities to connect with brothers and sisters. And I had that opportunity, um, uh, a few months ago, um, uh, when many African leaders were in town in Washington, D.C., I met with several yeah. leaders of the continent. So the opportunity to just build from there um, is truly a blessing. and something I look forward to.
4: Definitely uh, glad to have you on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on in the future as well. Uh, appreciate your time.
8: Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thank you.
4: Thanks, Jeff. And that's a wrap for the December 28th edition of the show. Hope you all have a great day. I'm Muck Bill Yavaro in Washington, in for Sonny Young, and that's the sunny side of sports.